In this season of NBA Finals and baseball pennant races, many of fans' focus turn to who will emerge as a champion. We identify with the winners, even claiming our own victory, as supporters of those who gave it all on the field of competition. However, there are those who put in just as much work, often behind the scenes, in making of the champions. Coaches, trainers, and yes, mothers and fathers often sacrifice all, only to have the glory lauded upon the players, and yet for them, all of it is worth it. Such is the story of Loida Guilin and her mother Mercedes. Mercedes grew up in the Dominican Republic with dreams of being a doctor. The death of her father caused her to have to set aside her dreams to take care of her family and eventually raise a family of her own. Little did she know, Mercedes was raising a champion. Her daughter, Loida, went on to study at the University of Central Florida and to the surprise and excitement of her mother, graduated as a doctor of nursing practice. Mercedes told her daughter that she felt that she had received it herself and that her daughter completed her dream for her. In this story, who emerged as a champion? They both did, because they both sacrificed all for the sake of the other. Champions are not born, but are developed in this relationship of love, sacrifice, and dedication demonstrated so wonderfully by Mercedes and her daughter Loida. It is this kind of good that we need in our communities, our country, and our world. This is why we are here. It's the Perpetual Good Podcast with your host, Kenneth Hopkins. Join us as we discover the good things that are happening all around us and what we can do to bring even more good to our communities. Life is like a box of assorted chocolates. What swirls in my head? Donuts, pink boxes. Welcome to the Perpetual Good Podcast. This is Kenneth Hopkins. And this week and next week, I'm really excited about these two weeks. We're talking champions. And we just finished with the NBA Finals. The baseball pennant races are underway. And as we talked about in the prologue, it's very easy to focus on the people who are actually doing the work and the ones who we are going to focus on as being champions. But in these two weeks, we're actually not going to talk about the actual people, but we're going to talk more about what goes on behind the scenes. Who are the people who are investing in and, and actually making champions? And for that, I was able to have a great conversation with an old friend of mine, Vince McCastle. He is the founder of Urban Champions. And he has been working with, uh, with young people for many years to actually bring them from where they are to becoming champions in a number of different ways. And we're going to do that in two different parts. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into part one of my conversation with Vince McCastle. Good to have you on, man. Oh, well, I'm glad to be on, bro. <laughs> Let's do some official stuff here. So, Vince, welcome to the Perpetual Good Podcast. This is just going to be fun. It's just going to be catching up and, and uh, it's going to be uh, like old times week. Yeah, it, it really will be. It will be. <laughs> 
we'll have a lot of fun, man. Good, good. So Vince McCastle is the founder of Urban Champions. That's just one of the things that that he does. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of those things, talk a little bit about his past and some of the first times that we that we got to know each other and and just how that whole relationship got started. But really, this is going to be focused on good things. So Vince, I am so glad to have you on. I'm glad that we got a chance to to reconnect. We tend to We'll find each other at the right times. <laughs> right, definitely. That's how it works, man. <laughs> That's just how friendship is, you know? Yeah, it is. It definitely is. We know where to find each other when we need each other, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's just start off with uh, what's, what's going on good with you? Well, you know, there's a lot of good things going on uh, good with me. To begin with, you know, I went through some significant, I won't call it tragedy, but challenge uh, and the loss of my first wife and since that time you know god has blessed me i found a second wife she's an awesome person we connected on some very significant things that we both are passionate about and uh, we're building the life together so it's uh it's it's i'm thankful that god has given me a second chance to do this that is that is that is good that is awesome and I know that we've we've talked a lot about that and and just the process. And it's never about replacing. It's I mean right. you, you can't you can't replace somebody that has been so significant in your life. When you can connect with someone and feel that you have something that you can start to move forward with. And like you said, the two of you connected on some very joint passions and and you feel right. like you have a life together, that is that is very special. So I am so glad for you. For, for somebody to keep that smile going, that is, uh, that is really significant. Well, thank you, bro. I, you know, there, there was times when I couldn't smile. At the beginning of the journey in uh, December 2015, after the loss of Donna, I couldn't smile. Right. Um, and it was about grieving, and it was about feeling that pain and feeling that loss. But after about a year of therapy, attending grief share groups, and going through the process as well as taking my three kids that we had through the process as best as possible some new things emerged first first of all i learned some new things about myself that i did not know right there's nothing like being alone to learn some new things about yourself and so i discovered some some things about myself and then in addition i had already started uh, urban champions, which I know we're going to talk about, but um, I think back at the beginning of that journey, I remember you know I had a marketing company at the time called Measurable Marketing, and I just felt this sense that being a devout Christian, that God was asking me to put that to the side in 2008 and to invest myself in that journey to support my then wife Donna. So I put that to the side, but knowing how I am, and you, you know a little bit about me, uh, maybe a lot about me, but I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? You got to give me something to do in this time. And my youngest son was playing football, and it was a chance for me to make some significant deposits in his life, be at home, take a job as a security guard working at Google. Then this opportunity emerged and just evolved that developed into what urban champions has become and is still on a journey. 
Okay. Okay. So in creating that, was your mindset to actually create something like Urban Champions or was it more, I'm in this place, I need to make a shift. I'm going to start dedicating myself to my family, to my son. And you didn't know what this was going to be until you were, you were already in process. That, that was, it was the latter. You know, I was just like, Lord, you're asking me to give something up significant Mm -hmm. uh, in order to be the man you're calling me to be at this time and Mm -hmm. be at home with my wife who was going through some cancer treatments. And so I said, but you know me, Lord, this, you know, I need something that I can be working at. And through dedicating the time with my son, the journey went like this, Ken. He told me he wanted to be a Hall of Fame NFL football player. So I was like, okay. We got some work, buddy. This is, this is not going to be easy, but it's going to be a fun journey. And I always believed in, you know, part of training your kids is to help them to find a passion that they can invest themselves into, which teaches them about preparation, because preparation has been something that has resonated in my life. Right. And so in any event, in that journey, you know, we started out with taking him to practice and getting the training because in addition to you know uh, playing on the team he was getting additional training from a wonderful guy named tommy jones who played in the nfl and so as that started to unfold he had friends that didn't have anything to do and Mm -hmm. he wanted to bring his friends along so we brought his friends and started i started meeting his high school friends he was just starting high school Mm -hmm. and as that happened I connected with the coaches at the high school and Urban Champions was born out of a need to help young men who wanted to be great football players, but were ineligible to play sports because they didn't have the grades. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about what Urban Champions is about, was about, and talk about how it progressed from just that initial stage to some of the things that you were able to do with the young people. Was about was as I said, helping my son to figure out his journey. But what it blossomed into organically, you know, by God and working, was an opportunity to to help other young men, uh, which it resonated in my heart, and then to expand it to help the school. So it combined several things that I'm passionate about, family, developing young men, and education. It's a marriage of those three. And it's really born out of a passion in my own struggle, Ken, because I feel like we ask a lot of young men, but we don't do enough investment for them to achieve what we ask. And so somebody's got to take the time to alleviate the angst and the frustration that we put on them of these high expectations by making some investment in them that helps them get there, that helps them become more self-aware, that helps them to develop the, the skills. So to tie back to what you were asking, Urban Champion's mission is to assist parents to empower their children with uh, executive function and social emotional skills so they can win in the classroom and win in life. 
So we started out making a deal with these young men in, high, in the high schools, like, we'll give you football training if you'll train with us on social-emotional skills. What we discovered is they came in with all these great desires to be fantastic football players. But as they became more self-aware, they developed new goals. You know, wanting to be mathematicians, wanting to be computer technologists, wanting to be engineers, wanting to do other things. Because now they were developing the social-emotional skills that allowed them to manage their emotions so they could do well in something more than football. And in addition, it sent me on another journey after that event to actually do research on how developing executive functions can create a goal-directed, independent, purposeful person, a student, a lifelong learner, someone with these developed skills that they can learn whatever they need to learn in, their, in, in school and outside of school in their career, but just, you know, just to be an effective, productive person and have some level of empowerment that allows them to become what they desire to become. There's, there's so much to unpack in that. I, I love all of it. So with these young men, when you first started working with them, first started interacting with them, obviously they said that they wanted to be football players and, and that's, that's understandable. You take anybody through any stage of their of their young life. And this, this can actually go even to where we are right now. We have these thoughts of what we would like to be. Yeah. And a lot of times those thoughts are based on not so much what we think we can do, but right. even subconsciously what we think we can't do, what we think is outside right. of our ability, outside of our even thought process. Right. What were some of the things that caused the shift, that caused the change where these young men saw that there was so much more that they could actually do, even more than just football? Not putting football aside, but just saying, I can do this, but I can also do this. What were some of those things? And how did you take steps in developing that in them? Man, that's so exciting to talk about. I'm going to go in reverse order. So I'm going to talk about the tool we use to help them do this. And okay. this ties to one of your questions you were asking me in terms of prepping me for this. We taught them seven habits of highly effective teams. That was the uh, curriculum that we used to help them become more self-aware. Why that's important, Ken, was for me, I grew up in a family of brilliant people. My mom was a straight-A student. My uncle was a valedictorian of his high school, you know, so I came from good stock of very intelligent people. And on my dad's side, while they were not really formally educated, they're very intelligent people, very creative people. And so, you know, I was blessed with those kind of genes. However, what I was lacking when I got out in the world was the social skills, the social emotional skills, the ability to manage my own emotions in some very difficult circumstances and make some choices so that I was always feeling like I'm helping every, everyone else win, but I'm losing, right? 
And so through my own efforts at growth and, and people who supported me, I, I remember the day one of our mentors and spiritual fathers redirected me because I was, I was about to read this book. I was frustrated with working with people. And I was about to read this book about how you insult people, like in a very like slick, subtle way. And Dr. Hyatt told me, Ken, when I say his name, I feel it in my soul. And I'm thankful for that day when he looked at me and he said, I was at his office. He said, don't read that book. He said, I'm going to give you another book. And he said to me, my son, Billy, has a shirt. And that shirt says, bad to the bone, bad to the bone. He said, I hate that shirt. I hate that shirt. He said, don't read that book. He said, but I'm going to give you another book. And that book he gave me was uh, Martin Luther King. Where do we go from here? Chaos or community. And so, Ken, that book started to answer some questions because I was trying to reconcile and work through some of the issues of my past, Mm -hmm. being born in the South, being one of the first kids to go to an integrated school, not being welcomed there at that integrated school and being afraid. So much so, Ken, that I told my mother, I told my first grade teacher, I said, you don't have to teach me. My mother will teach me. But I tell I tell people this. My plan failed, Ken, because I failed to tell my mother that was my plan. (laughs) So she thought I was just being rebellious and, and, and defiant and not willing to do it. And so. It created a very painful relationship with her because here she is as this super high achiever and she's got a son that she's wondering what's wrong, what's going on. And she did not know to go really check out what was going on with the school or to or she she did that, but she didn't know how to check in with me. That was really the issue. And so, Ken, I struggled with those relationships and Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens and Social-Emotional Skill Development has become central to what deposit Dr. Hyatt made in me. Because it, and it was more than just the book. It was who he was and how I saw who he was in the various situations that he moved through. The character and most of all, as you know, the love he had for people. So he infected me with that love so that for me, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still affected by it. I'm still being moved to do the perpetual good that I know how to do because of him. So he is the example of perpetual good for me, you know, or one of the major examples of that. And my uncle was also. But anyway... Back to your question, we, we use that to teach the young men that. But one of the things in the very beginning, Ken, that I saw was that while the young men wanted to be in sports, it was because they wanted to feel like winners. They wanted to feel like champions. And so, hence, I call it urban champions because I feel like there's so much good in our communities that are not being recognized. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to recognize the men in the community, like, develop me. I have a friend of mine who was like my big brother growing up that helped me. His name was Bobby, Klein Bobby Walker. And we lived in a lower middle class neighborhood in Detroit. But this guy was a master of three, four martial arts 
was ambidextrous, could draw with both hands, was a musician, and could teach himself anything he wanted to learn. And he was part of my inspiration. When he taught me karate, Ken, out of his basement, he would draw the actual techniques he wanted me to learn. But then he would say to me, now, Vince, this particular punch uses centrifugal force. So this is how centrifugal force works. So it, it was not just a karate lesson. It was a science lesson. So I realized, Ken, that football became a vehicle for these young men to feel good about themselves, to feel that they were capable, to feel like champions. And so that's why we named it Urban Champions, and we called them up-and-coming champions and really made the investment. And I had some great guys. Like one, one guy that was a part of it, his name is Patrick Powell. He was a close friend with Vernon Davis. And he made a significant investment. A young, another young man by the name of Larnell Ransom made a significant investment. We had a guy named Hazen Shote, who was a record-breaking quarterback at Boise State. He was amazing. He broke records, man. He, I think he was one of the first people to win a championship in Seaside when he was in high school. But painful part of his story was when he was at Boise State, when he was going to break the record of a particular quarterback, they asked him to play safety so he wouldn't break the record. So this guy was broken, but he wanted to actually invest the goodness that he learned about football into these young men. And so they came around me as well as, I mean, one of our big champions was a Super Bowl winning champion, uh, Guy McIntyre. And he came along. He was my friend, and he was there with me in, in Inception. I remember sitting in my car as we were talking about what Urban Champions was going to be. And uh, he just encouraged me and came alongside and helped us with it. And so we were then able to make a deposit to help those young men feel like you can be a champion in whatever you want to be. It doesn't just have to be football. It doesn't just have to be football. Sometimes that's all it takes is somebody to come alongside and to help us to understand that we can actually be a champion. And it doesn't have to be in just that one thing that we think we can do. It can be in anything. And having that encouragement is so, so very important and so very good. We've just finished part one of the conversation with Vince McCastle, who was the founder of Urban Champions. Next week, we will get into the second part of this. You're definitely going to want to listen. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you can be notified of the episodes that are coming up. And if you have any feedback, if you have any comments, I would love to hear from you. You can go to my website, kennethdhopkins.net, and click on Perpetual Good Podcast. And then from there, you can go to the show notes, and for this or for any of the other episodes, you can leave your comments there, or you can go to anchor.fm slash Kenneth D. Hopkins, and you'll be able to leave a voice message as well. So either way, please uh, give me your feedback. I'd love to hear from you, and I would love to hear the things that are going on in your community how you are being a champion for others, and how you are bringing good to your communities. 
So I'm looking forward to hearing from you, looking forward to talking with you the next time on the Perpetual Good Podcast. You have been listening to the Perpetual Good Podcast with your host, Kenneth Hopkins. Special thanks to Bled John for the theme music. Tune in next time for more stories of the good happening in our community. Have a great day and remember, don't let evil overwhelm you, but overcome evil with good.